Good morning. It's so good to see each of you this morning as we gather to worship and celebrate 245 years of independence. We thank God, our King, for liberty, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Our communion offering for today benefits mobility worldwide. Mobility worldwide gives freedom to hundreds each year. Our scripture this morning is from 1 Samuel 17, 31 to 37. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. The word of the Lord. Okay, we'll just bow our heads for our morning prayer. Loving God, we gather today to praise you, to tell you of your love, and to give you thanks. We thank you especially this morning for the blessings of liberty and the freedom to assemble and worship you, the only God. Open our hearts and our understanding today as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Teach us to abide in Jesus as he abides in you so that your kingdom might be made known to all. Fill us with your love and grace as we celebrate communion this day. May we leave here reflecting your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here on this 4th of July. They, I, they had the fireworks last night here. Did you see it? I, I drove that right. That's just not right. That's just wrong. Now, I, Rebecca and I were, were, were down here at the church doing something, and I drove back, and I looked up there, and I said, what? So, yeah, that's, that's just wrong. Anyway, happy 4th of July. You know, the 4th of July is the 4th of July. When I was six years old, it's 4th of July, 1960. We were living in Paris, Texas, and we just moved into a new neighborhood. So they were out there putting up telephone poles. And I know the, the children growing up these days don't even see telephone poles, right? Every, or most of the utilities are buried, which is not a bad thing. But anyway, in those days, we had telephone poles and utility poles everywhere. And they had just put in some brand new utility poles, and they were covered in tar. And I had my fireworks, and I had my permission. I had my, my range was two blocks down from my house. There was, was a fairly busy street. So I could stay between there and the woods and go out in the woods behind our house. So it was 4th of July. I was popping off firecrackers like, you know, 
least everybody did back then, all right, popping them off all the time. So I walked up to one of these brand new telephone poles, and there was a hole in it just, a, just about eye level. And I put a firecracker in there. And I took my punk, which I had, you know, going around, and I lit the firecracker. And it was one of those sort of dud fuses, you know. It kind of went and burned about that far and then stopped. And as I was looking at it, all of a sudden it, it shot in there and blew up. And I got tar all over, all over me. You know, hot tar on the, it, and of course it was a cold day, right? I, I, I had to go home and get the tar cleaned off and all of that before I could proceed with my festivities. Today we're continuing in our, our series on the Sermon on the Mount, and as is our habit, I will start with the end of the sermon because Jesus tells us how we ought to consider these words of His and what we ought to do with them. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Today's sermon text is back in chapter 6 starting with verse 19, verses 19 through 34. We'll finish up chapter 6 today and commence with chapter 7 next Sunday. Consider the word of the Lord. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But Store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who provides all our needs so that we lack nothing, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, last week I told you, I'm, I'm personally, I'm greatly influenced by the teachings of Dallas Willard. And I told you all last week that one of the things that Dallas said about the Sermon on the Mount in particular was that in it, here in, cha in chapter 6, in chapter 6, Jesus tells us about the two greatest encumberments, roadblocks, whatever you, obstacles, whatever noun you want to use for us increasing our interreactive relationship with God and continually living in the kingdom of heaven. The first one of those we talked about last week, and that's the desire to perform for people. Jesus says, don't perform for people. Don't worry about people they're really not going to think about you too long anyway, all right? But almost to a fault, we all do it. But we have to be rid of it to increase our relationship with God and to realize the kingdom of God right now, today, present among us. And the second one is the desire to make ourselves secure through material means. 
desire to make ourselves secure through material means. And that's what Jesus is talking about in the remainder of chapter 6, which is what we're talking about today. And of course, he starts out there by saying, don't store up all this stuff, right? And I know now, I mean, there's, there are few young people among us this morning, but even the young people, I mean, you know, if you think some thing is going to make you happy, think again, right? We've all done that. And to some extent, I think most of us probably still do it sometimes. Instead of truly just getting what we need, we see a shiny object and we think that's going to bring meaning and fulfillment to our lives, right? Humbug. It just doesn't, you know? It just doesn't. So Jesus says very clearly, he says, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be also, or vice versa. You can say it either way. It comes across the same. Now, when Jesus says heart, when we read heart in the Scripture, that's an interesting thought. We'll have to do a word study sometimes and see how many times heart actually means the blood pump in your chest. And I'd say there are probably very few instances, if any, there may be some in the Bible where that's what heart actually means. When the Bible says heart, when Jesus says heart, it's the same thing as if, if, if we say will, like our self-will, or our spirit. Heart, will, and spirit are synonymous with each other. And God allows us free will. And God created us with free will and the capacity to create. So when we talk about our spirit, when we talk about our spirit, when we talk about our heart, when Jesus talks about the heart and treasure here, what he's really talking about is the power we have to choose or do good or evil. It's really that simple. It really is. It really is. If we choose to do good, which God always does, we're lining up with God's will. If we choose to do evil, evil by definition is that which opposes God's will. And we all get the choice, and we all get the choice many, many times every day. And Jesus says, if your choice is to place your treasure in the kingdom of heaven, in God's will, in God's ways, then you've made a good decision. You're doing the right thing. Remember, when Jesus starts out the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things he says is, he says, think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets, right? I have not come to destroy but to fulfill. And everything he says in the Sermon on the Mount is showing a way to fulfill the law and the prophets by not just following the letter of the law. Because again, if we follow the letter of the law, it results in legalism and it results in a mess. And Paul talks a whole bunch about that in the middle of Romans, in, uh, 
in Romans 7, 8, 9, and in there, there, Paul spends a whole lot of time talking about that. So Jesus says, this is, this is another way of phrasing what Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, right? Deuteronomy 6, 5, you should what? You all know it. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart. And again, it's not talking about a blood pump, right? It's talking about your spirit. It's talking about your will. You know, with all your mind, all your soul, right? And all your strength, all your strength. If you do that, then you've got your treasure in heaven. If you've got your treasure in heaven, Jesus goes on to say, then you have a light in your eye. You have light in your eye. This all ties together, everything he's saying here. The whole sermon ties together. But he, he's saying, if your treasure is in heaven, then you have a good outlook. You see the goodness in the world. You see what, what God wants you to see, what God intended for us to see. You're full of light. You're full of light. And then he says, and this is the crux of the matter. This is, I mean, this, this is, if we boil everything down, this is the problem of evil in the world today, which, where does evil come from? You can look in your Bibles, it tells you in Mark 7, 21, it tells you exactly where evil comes from, okay? It comes from our hearts, our wills, okay? It's not some nebulous thing floating around out there. It's something that we generate, again, by our choices, how we look at things. So Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You can't do it. You can't do it. Try as you might, you can't do it. It just doesn't work that way. Again, I've come not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. What's the first commandment? You should have no other gods before me, right? No other gods before me. Jesus is just saying that in another way here. He's telling us of Exodus 23, and just in, in, in other words, right here, no other gods before me. See, the problem in the world, the problems in the world, it's not secularism. It's not people not behaving, although uh, maybe it's not politicians run amok. It's not people who don't know how to drive. It's not your husband or wife when they come unglued about something, you see. The problem in the world is idolatry, pure and simple. That's why God puts it first. And idolatry for any of us is when we put anything before God. If you put anything before God, God's will, and your faith in God, then you are committing idolatry. It's that simple. It's that simple. And that's why we see it over and over and over and over again in the, in the Old Testament. The Israelites who had been chosen, who had been chosen to show the world what a wonderful world it could be, right? Sort of deal. Kept turning to other gods and other things. And see, there's the deal too. Whenever we turn to idolatry, we're turning to a lesser God, a God that's not a God at all, 
But there we go. There we go. And Jesus says, what? If you place your treasure in heaven, if your eye is full of light, if you serve God and serve God alone, you know what the payoff is? You don't have to worry. You don't worry. He says, why do you worry about this, that, and the other, right? Why do you worry about the clothes you wear? Why do you worry about the food you eat? Why do you worry about anything for that matter? If you're trusting God, it's going to be taken care of. And again, we, we see this demonstrated in Jesus' life. In Jesus' life, we see it demonstrated. All of his needs were met, right? Jesus says, look, you know, aren't you better than a woodpecker? Right? That's what he says there, right? Aren't you better than a woodpecker? You know, we have a, not, we have a woodpecker here on the property. Did you all know that? We have a woodpecker. A lot of times he's right outside my window. He'll get on that tree there and start, uh, start going for it, you know? Now, don't confuse the fact that God feeds the birds with the idea that the birds don't do anything. The birds work. Birds work, and they work very hard. But God takes care of them, right? See, there's the payoff. If your thoughts are on the kingdom of God, and if you're seeking God's will, if you're serving only God, then you've got a bottomless expense account, right? You really do. You really do. But we all think we have a better idea. Oh, Jesus can't really mean if somebody needs something, I should give it to them, right? He can't really mean that, right? But he says, don't worry. See, see, the, 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 and the inverse of this, the inverse of this is absolutely true. If you trust in material stuff, you become what? Anxious, right? You become nervous. You become stifled. And all that stuff, I mean, we know it, and I'm not going to go into the cliches. That would be terrible and all that. But we all know that quite realistically, quite realistically. The only thing that we really have is each other, our relationships with God and each other and what's going on. Those things are going to last. Those are eternal in the heavens. But, you know, the new Maserati is going to rot in the garage especially if you're not driving it, you know? So Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. But again, 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 this is, this is where we, we have to be careful. We have to be careful. And this, of course, came up in the early church. In, in the early church, everybody thought Jesus was coming back next week, right? So they stopped working. They sat around. That's where Paul writes in Thessalonians, you know, if they don't work, they don't eat. Because there were, there were a bunch of people that thought Jesus was coming back, so they thought they were just going to take it easy, right? So as you come to the altar this morning, and this morning we are going to come down here, right? No more meal deals, no more snack packs, okay? We're going to celebrate communion more the way it was intended to be, and that could be, you know, there's a can of worms if you want to go into it. <laughs> 
as you come to the altar this morning for all of us, let's think about, is my treasure really in heaven? Do I really have any other gods but God? And remember, if you do have other gods than God, it's going to blow up in your face. So, you can open your hymnals to page 12. And this, uh, a, 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 few, a few instructions first because we, are, we haven't done this in a while, right? As a matter of fact, we haven't done something sort of like this uh, since the first weekend of March of 2020. And if there's anybody that does need gluten-free elements, then I do have a gluten-free snack pack for you. <laughs> so so uh, if, if, if you do need gluten-free, just let me know when you come down here. Uh, Sharon and I are going to be down here. I'm going to be here. Sharon's going to be here. I'm going to give you the body of Christ. Sharon's going to give you the blood of Christ. We are using disposable little those little plastic shot glasses right so if you'll if you'll come down the center aisle and then exit on the outer aisles and right at the end of each of the outer aisles there is a trash can so anyway and if we if if any of you are visiting with us this morning No comment. Uh, uh, if any of you are visiting with us this morning here at Holotus Hills United Methodist Church, we do celebrate open communion. Everyone is invited to this table. This is not our table. This is the Lord's table. And uh, that being said, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away, 
and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who look for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of God's children, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
strong and true. No 